What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bros Meets World. When it's Bros Meets World. Your boy Meets World Fondcast. I'm Siege. I am Tony Coitus. What's up, bro? Last night, I went out to a restaurant, and someone was like, oh, nice to meet you. I was like, you know, and I'm used to, I think I was just like in the headset from our previous recording. I was like, oh, I'm Siege, which I very rarely introduce myself as Siege. Um, So it was an interesting thing, because he also had a very unique name. He's like, oh, and he like bonded over that, and I was like, oh, mine's mine's just like a <laughs> mine's a nickname yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i have to tell people my name because my nickname is my initials i was when i don't know what happened in the 90s where people just started going by initials but i've been called tc my entire life but when i tell people my name's tc they get it wrong i get like ac i get tj i get r2d2 i get everything in between and so when i say tony curtis when people hear tc then they they know and they get it it's funny because like we went to school together and I tell people all the time in one class we had TC, CJ, RJ, CW, um, and there were like a bunch of other ones. So I just answer to any two letters. Like any two at, letters. At this point, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I get that you're probably trying to get my attention. It is what it is. All right. Well, um, we're excited back for another episode. The last of the season. We're finally here. It is. We're, we've completed season six. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad. I gotta be honest. This was probably the hardest season to get through. So, an ultimate season. I have to admit, if that's the case, I am scared to see what season seven has to break. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I feel less hesitation going into season seven because I feel like at this point, like there's no joy left in the show, especially with this episode. Oh, I'm that's just like so sad. <laughs> Do you agree or disagree? I here's like it's not that there's no I, I won't say that there is no joy left to be had because I think there are like fun romps that I remember from season seven. Yes, but romps. Yeah, romps. But I I don't know how much we're still learning. I'll say that much. <laughs> we'll like, we'll have to wait and see. But like, I I this season. There's a lot of unlearning happening. Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, exactly. That's what. That's where I feel like on that. So uh, that said, morning announcements. Hey. Uh, before, before we dive in, as always, thank you guys so much for your emails, recordings, uh, feedback. Reach out to us at Brummies World. Um, email us at brummiesworld.gmail.com. Saying this because you guys have been really great and vocal at communicating with us on all of our platforms and we are going to save because we've gotten so many in the last few we're going to save our responses um for our season six recap so make sure that you're listening to that season six recap and um we will kind of read like you guys have given us lots of feedback and lots of insights uh and some theories that i actually i'm excited to kind of like bring up and like one that is even kind of a, a little relevant to uh this episode so yeah i'm excited yeah Yeah, guys please definitely um whether it be through our website with the voice messages or through social media give us your questions and opinions about season six tell us your favorite episodes what you liked what you didn't like so we can have a big conversation about it during our recap uh yeah and uh finally as we've been saying we have a special request for our listeners um, we're on a mission to reach 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Help us out by subscribing to our YouTube channel. 
um, sharing our videos. Um, even way, like, big, like you... big ups to the fans because as soon as you you threw that announcement out, we got a bunch of YouTube subscriptions. So thank you guys. We exactly, you guys are listening and and actually helping us out. And then. Uh, as with everything, short form content is like really pushing. So if you missed our shorts on TikTok or Instagram, YouTube has YouTube shorts and those are performing very well. So oh, hey. a little bit of feedback. Um, let's, are you ready to get started with this episode? Uh, <laughs> yes, I am ready to discuss this episode. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like there's, there's as we wrap up the penultimate season the penultimate season it's and like i have to say there's a lot that happens in this episode let's just get into it because uh, there is so a lot much. that happens in this episode which is why i want to kind of jump into it but i think in order to get into this episode we have to do a tell me about it <sighs> listen now i couldn't fit everything about this episode into one little song so i extended it out so here we go the lawrences come back to town ooh, and tell topanga what marriages can do tell us about it yeah topanga questions love sits through feeny's wedding and cries as Corey wonders what the future lies tell us about it sean and eric finally talk and realize his love for rachel is flat but rachel may realize the same about jack that is a season finale Tell me about it. I am so proud of you. <laughs> I, I honestly, there was too much in this episode. I had to build it out. Guys, there's a lot. <laughs> well, you know, thank, thank you so much for that. Uh, for those of you who are following along, this is season six, episode 22, State of the Unions. While Corey deals with his anxieties about an, his impending marriage, Topanga's parents come for a visit and reveal Unexpected news. They're in the process of separating, which devastates Topanga. In a B storyline, Feeney and Dean Boulder announce their engagement and they agree to get married in the Matthews living room, which I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, a self-pitying Eric asks Sean for advice on how to cope with losing Rachel to Jack. Um, that is the Wikipedia summary and... I feel like there is so much, so much to get into. But before we do, I do want to do our roll call. Um, and the list of guest stars, we have Bonnie Bartlett back as Dean, uh, Lila. Wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that the actress who played the Dean was brought back to play that same role. Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool, cool. I just, I just uh, want to check the because there's a lot of that shit that going on in this episode. You can't take that for granted. Not at all. <laughs> Not with Boy Meets World. <laughs> uh, Michael McKean plays Jedediah Lawrence. And Annette O'Toole is Re Rian Lawrence. Um, which I... I did not know. Do you know that they were a real life couple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's whole. Yeah, I had no idea. So they were a couple in real life, um, the Lawrences. And as we've spoken about before, Bonnie Bartlett is also um, Will Daniels' real life wife. So we got like couples playing couples in, in this episode. Intermarriages happening in this marriage themed episode. Um, exactly, and yeah, we also I, have Earl Bowen as the minister, which I just wanted to note because Earl is very, you know, very popular and very famous. So, 
I was just going to say that I was a big fan of Annette O'Toole um, from Smallville. That's what I was going to say. Martha. No. That's what I see Martha her Kat. as. Yeah. <laughs> Martha. Uh, <laughs> but to be clear, this is the first time we're introduced to Topanga's mom, period. So yeah. she can own that role. This is not the first Jebediah that we've seen. The first Jebediah not. that we saw was played by uh, Peter Tork. Peter Tork, sorry. Peter Tork. I said there you go. So Peter Tork originally played Topanga's dad. And I have, I mean, we'll get into it, but just the first impressions is like, who are these parents? Because they do not seem in any relationship to Topanga, to the show. I was like, how is Corey being introduced to them for the first time? Like, this is all kind of crazy that, You've been engaged for a year. I don't know. It's it's a lot. Well, there are a few things that I want to say to that. One is that this is not the first time he's meeting them. This is the first time that he's seen them since they've gotten engaged. But there is this trope. Like, Will talks about it in Pond Meets World. And it's actually really apparent in this episode. This idea of we've kind of forgotten the characters that we've written and we're mm. just doing tropes this idea of Corey being like the in-laws are coming the in-laws are coming and you're like why yeah. why like you've known jebediah and um theoretically rian forever why would you be freaked out and by the way just because they are now your in-laws does not automatically make them the enemy or automatically mean that they're naggy and they hate you. And like there's just a much weird like trope coming on from characters that we've met before, Jebediah, and Jebediah's personality is completely different. Completely like, different. It doesn't make sense for them to like if the original Jebediah, the original character of Jebediah was present, they could have done the same storyline. They yes. could have had it, but it, instead of it being this thing where Corey has this idea that the in-laws hate him because their daughter didn't go to Yale the original Jebediah could have been like you know what we feel like a public education and you know a higher education you know have some kind of hippie leftist thought on it that relates to who the Lawrences are which is the reason why Topanga calls them by their first names it does not make sense for these couples to be called by their first name by this person because he is like this, oh, we've had four generations go to Yale, but I guess it's okay that this one didn't. It was like, who are you, bro? Like, this doesn't make sense for your character. Absolutely. It's like they moved to Pittsburgh and then just became... Republicans. The, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the perfect way to put that. You do not see these people raising a daughter like Topanga. But yeah. that said, maybe these people did raise this version of Topanga because Topanga is also very different like that yeah. I would have expected and I would have liked like a little bit of even Topanga being like oh I've changed so much I need to be a little bit more hippie to like you know make my parents feel comfortable like I would have liked for Topanga to be handing out note cards and mean like these are the things that my parents like to talk about and don't like to talk about yeah. as a reminder because we haven't seen them in forever. This episode is very weird because it kind of like remembers the story that it's been telling and it kind of brings up all these storylines but at the exact same time it disregards the characters who experience those storylines. A hundred percent. Like, how are you going to bring up Yale? How are you going to bring up like the, the entire history? Oh, she didn't move to Pittsburgh and, and they're going to be mad at me because of that. 
And so clearly you remember the seasons that came before it, but you don't remember season three when the actual Jebediah was on and had a complete character arc where he was like friends with Amy. He made Alan that guitar. Like Correct. they should be close. There's a story where to, at one point Corey says, our moms used to push a stroller, a stroller next to each other around the block. So clearly Amy knows this woman too. So why are they shaking hands and being awkward? It just doesn't make sense. Like, why is Corey more comfortable with Chet than Topanga's parents? Like, well, it just doesn't make sense. A, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. But then also, Alan and Amy are so weird this episode. Yeah. Alan does impressions now. I was like, we've never seen Alan <laughs> do impressions. What are we doing? Amy sings now. And I was like, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that Betsy's singing. But why is this something that all of a sudden, Corey's like, hey, don't express these quirks that you've never expressed before. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's just so tropey. It's so can, can I sitcom. And go ahead. I just want to guess, like, I, I feel like the central problem of this episode is that because the writers in the show did not decide to flesh out Topanga's family the same way they did for Sean's family that we have no idea who these characters are we have no idea what the relationship is Topanga has lived five hours away from her parents for the last two years which is far but it's not impossible that's a that's a drive from LA to San Fran it's not unheard of so why is it that they couldn't come to graduation like where were they like there's so much weird stuff that they have to show, uh, tell and not show because they haven't taken the time to show it. And so to get all of this exposition about what these character arcs are like and who these people are, what their inner dynamics are, it just feels like a lot of just like unloading this story onto us at the last minute versus building up to it. Like get rid of the bullshit episodes that came this season and set this up right. Thank you. You're right. We should have been building to this point. Like kind of, Kind of like we did with Eric, like where Eric's at, I'm like, that feels earned. And yeah, I really want to get into that later. But mm -hmm. like, this doesn't feel earned. And it's it's interesting because we open up with Corey being like, hey, I've been having dreams lately. But the dreams all of, all of a sudden go from, hey, I've been dreaming about killing Sean to, hey, all my dreams were actually about my impending uh, fears about marriage and you're the problem. So again, I'm just like, oh, how did Topanga become the problem in this situation? It when feels she like wasn't before, doesn't even, want to keep... oh, even sorry, with what we saw previously, she wasn't the villain in that dream. She just showed up in a wedding dress. So... He <laughs> comes to him and he's, she's like, hey, do you want to get married on Independence Day? He's like, Independence Day, getting married, that's funny. And I'm just like, dude, do you want to get married or not, bro? Like, is, was this your idea? Was it her idea? Do you care about this? Like, I have no, like, this whole episode is about Topanga's foundation and marriage being shaken. But, like, this season was more about Corey getting on board with the marriage and, like, him, like, hanging out with college friends and taking his ring off. And, like, this has more been about his feelings about marriage. And then finally, in the finale, we flesh out how Topanga feels about it. And it just feels like too little too late. That's a great, great point. Specifically, the idea that when they come in and they're like, hey, Topanga goes, our parents got married young and they worked out. I was like, okay. I get that. That makes sense that someone would be like, my parents were able to do this and 
that gives me the strength. But to your point, it feels like the moment she says that, I'm like, well, I know where this is going. And then her parents come in and they're having this awkward fight. I'm with you where it's like, I'm I'm not going to lie. I just kind of feel like Michael McKean was miscast. Like, I feel like Annette O'Toole could still play this character, but he's just, as you said, so traditional, so Republican that it doesn't feel like Jebediah. And I feel like uh, there is a storyline where Jebediah and Rian actually have their own new age version of being like, hey, relationships come and go. They're totally. supposed to be for a time. And me and your mother's journey have just come to the end yes. of the road. Like, I thought that's that same what, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that same thing. I wanted... The, the core of who these characters were to exist in the same situation, have them have that new age philosophy towards love and paint it as like, it's almost like this thing of like Sean, when he, and we'll talk about him, but he, at some point in the episode, he's like, I realized that I'm only kind of here for a little bit of time and I want to make the best of it. You could have tied that into this idea that, hey, relationships last for a certain period of time and you can just enjoy them while you can. Like they could have weaved it together with the other storylines and with these characters more to to make it more uh, cohesive. To to your point, I feel like there is a way for them to have like this new age viewpoint of marriage and relationships. And Topanga still is upset. Topanga still like... I don't want this new age nonsense. I want a traditional parents. I want, I, I like, this is why I left. You guys are always doing things like this. You named me Topanga. You named our sister Nebula. And now, that you're, been just interesting. Gonna, now you're just breaking up this marriage, this one foundation that I had. Like, she could still be upset. She could still be angry. And you, I think it actually creates more conflict if her parents are fully new age they fully have this new idea and she has to deal with that and they have to deal with that this idea of marriage being not a failure but a successful separation and that making her question marriage all of that is right there but instead we just get tropes and i feel like that makes us feel cheated as an audience i i had a a bit of a problem with the whole like this whole motivation that oh we can get married because our parents got married young so if they can do it we can do it it just feels like Topanga has been talking about marriage for a year and she never once brought up her parents as a motivation as a factor in her decision making it just feels like again something that they were like all right well we need to spice up this finale we got to break them up again how can we do it like it just feels like it was thrown in because if her parents were really such a key part in her believing in love then why have she's not mentioned them it it just like late like the thing that's frustrating is the the building blocks of a finale are so that like I want to see can character arcs come to a conclusion or a bridge into the next season that makes sense organically for the characters. And I don't mind them having Topanga and Corey question their them getting married because they're fucking 19. They should. But I'm just questioning if this is the right reason for them to question it because Corey and Topanga live completely separate lives from her parents so what difference does it make if they break up i i don't know i my parents got divorced by the way when i was like four or five so this whole idea of like being like 
damn near 20 and your parents divorcing. I really don't know what kind of like psychological effect that has on on people. So I can't really speak to that. I'll say this from what I, I've done a lot of research on all of these things. And in general, no matter when, no matter what age you are, your parents relationship totally impacts you. And there are plenty of adults whose parents separate who've been together forever. And they, it's a trauma response because you still are like, no, you guys have been together forever. You've been my foundation. You've been my testimony that love can last. Or like, even if it's a bad relationship, it's like, at least you guys stuck together. If I don't have this to look to, what do I have? So all of that makes sense that Topanga would respond this way. It's yep. the accurate response for a child to have, especially a child who's engaged and thinking about, her own marriage, all of that's fantastic. Sure. To your point, it's not earned. We don't know enough about Topanga this season. Topanga has been more window dressing this season than anything else. Yeah. You put it so perfectly when you said that Sean's arc feels earned. I know everything I need to know about Sean. I know everything I need to know about Chet. I even kind of understand where Jack, like we've been able to like put the pieces in to where Jack's behavior actually makes sense and sean's behavior makes sense but yeah. topanga's actions we were just kind of reminded that she had parents as you said no one mentioned her parents when she got engaged when she graduated they didn't say sorry we missed your graduation none of that it's just kind of thrown in here and it we're forced in less than 30 minutes to put all these pieces together and have emotional stakes and while Danielle does a really great job yeah. being emotional, I'm like, to your point, it didn't feel earned. If there had just been a few scenes in the like in the episode, even in the later half of the season, of her just being getting off the phone with her mom, just like talking wedding stuff and just being like, Oh, my mom sounded a little weird, but like whatever. Just give us something so that this is the like it, it feels like instead of concluding a story that had been leading up to for season six, they're presenting us with a brand new one at the last minute. And I think Correct. that's what's really unsatisfying. Correct. Also, to your point, where's her aunt? Like, I would have loved for her aunt <laughs> to have, like, a guest appearance in one of these past or get off the phone with her aunt and be like, my aunt has been speaking to my mom and they're both excited about the wedding. You know, something to let us know that Topanga's family is just around the corner and something to kind of like hint that that's who we will be seeing. Sure. And instead we get a surprised visit by them. They're com played by completely different characters. Their personality is completely different than what we would have expected. And everything we're seeing with these parents, both Corey's parents and Topanga's parents are all tropey. So, as much potential as this, this episode has and as high of a stakes it is for Topanga to learn of this information right before her wedding, we just feel cheated out of really great storylines. Well, the truth is, is that they have reasons they can break up in and of themselves. Like, they have things that they can really explore where Corey's been having these nightmares and, you know, Topanga's like, oh, well, Corey's starting to second-guess things. And you have, I mean, we're going to get to the Sean and Eric storyline, but the thing that's so pivotal about that is someone being like, 
hey, do you really feel this way or do you not feel this way? And I would just wish to pay, someone would have been to Topanga and be like, yo, why are you feeling like you got to get married to begin with? Like, why are you feeling like you got to rush into this? Like, have the same conversation with her. That could have been enough. That could have been earned. And we've have Angela have a conversation with her? Yes. No, we can't have the two female characters speak to each other. But You're still. right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 insane that Angela is right there and Angela could be asking the same questions to Topanga that you just asked, which is like, what is the rush? Why does it have to be July 4th? Um, like have I, I know that we'll get this scene later, but like Topanga uh going dress shopping or a stack of magazines, you know, where she's yeah. really excited and Angela's just like, You seem to really need this to happen soon. Yeah, what's going on? Like, I would have loved that. And then, like, have Topanga be like, "My parents got married young. You don't understand. Sure. Uh, I'm really excited." And then have like this shining example that she has painted kind of crumble in front of our eyes. There's a uh, a really um, interesting moment that I just want to throw in while we're talking about Corey and Topanga, uh, <laughs> where they're like her parents are like why do you think we let you stay here when we were in pittsburgh and topanga was like because you wanted me to finish my last year of high school and Corey's like no it was because of me right like you, all of this is because of me you, you didn't do you this for know, me i you know i highlighted that moment the moment where they're like why do you think we did this Corey's like because of me and they're like then why did you make we do this because of me it's because of me right it's because i'm exceptional that's the reason and like literally what i love because i took note is Jedediah goes to Corey in a sincere way, but it's also really funny because the writing is trying to say this. Mm-hmm. Jedediah goes to Corey and says, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And it's like, A, he doesn't say that to his daughter, the, the one who actually probably is like, oh, this is because of me, you know, because that's how children internalize things. But he says this to Corey because... He knows, and the show knows, that Corey makes everything about him. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that, like, clearly Corey is harboring internal guilt about Yale. He's harboring internal guilt about these things that, of course, he thinks are all about him, but... I wonder how much of his actions are motivated by this guilt. Like, I mean, we they brought up the Yale thing in the elevator scene in that uh, uh, Truth and Honesty episode. So it just feels like the Yale conversation is such a huge, like, they're trying to move on. They're trying to shake it off. But that could have been enough reason. That could have been enough reason for them to break up. Like, really, I I, I don't want to keep harboring on this. But it well, just no. I, I wish there was a more earnest reason for them to, to question things. I to your point... I would have, you know what I would have loved? And this is just fan theories out there. I would have loved for Topanga to crack right before her parents get here. And what I mean by that is I would have liked her to be like, I moved away from my parents for you. I gave up Yale for you. I have been there while you've blamed me through your entire family's uh, things. And you won't set a date. Why won't you set a date? You know, like, I would have liked her to, like, just get angry and her list off all these reasons and her to be like, we are getting married July 4th. My parents did it young. We did it young. I would have liked her to just, like, have this moment and then her parents come in and they're like, hey, by the way, we're breaking up. And her being like, God damn it. (laughs) Have it it be the, like, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back versus 
throwing a bunch of straws on the camel <laughs> out of nowhere. Because that's what I love that. Like. That's what it is. I love that's a great it's a weirdly <laughs> worded analogy, but it's a great analogy. Yeah. And then another thing, which is kind of played sincerely in a little bit, but when at the end when Corey's like, oh, hey, Mr. Whoever, because it doesn't really matter, uh place that we were supposed to put on hold for the wedding. I don't think we're going to be able to do July. We're still thinking it over. I'm like, you don't just answer that. That Topanga nope. could have went head first and be like, you know what? We're getting married no matter what. You didn't have a conversation with her. You just gave away the reservation. <laughs> Something that, that she, she's the one thing she was she excited wanted. about. <laughs> exactly. Why would you do that? Oh God, it's it's insanity. And last things that I want to note with the uh, Jedediah and Rian storyline, I am a little upset that. They show Jedediah being like, I'm going to go for a walk. And he gets to go off for a walk. And we see Rian just kind of be like, oh, I'm holding it together. But then he comes back in and she's like, I, I can't do it anymore. I can't lie. And she's just crying. I'm like, A, why does the, of course, the wife, the one who breaks down and is making a whole spectacle of it all. And two, why could you not hold it together for like five more seconds? Like... <laughs> I just, I feel like if you are in that contempt of a relationship where you can't be in the same room with each other, it might have been better to have a private conversation with your daughter versus having all of this show up when you're meeting, like, essentially meeting the in-laws for the first time. Like, I just, I can't believe that they wouldn't just have a private thing with Topanga versus, like, hey, it's all out there. And I know, like, Corey's family, the Matthews are family, but, like, are they? Because they were shaking hands like they were new. Well, no, he said what is interesting is Jedediah says, Corey, if you stay, and then that's when Rian just like blurts out whatever she does. And he's like, oh, I thought she wouldn't say this in front of you. And it's just like, again, what is with this old fashioned like couple dynamic where it's like you hate each other, but like you don't even hate each other in a believable way. You just hate each other in like this trophy almost conservative uh what is the word i'm looking for anglo-saxon way you know what i mean like wasps. Sure. It, it's <laughs> uh, they feel like almost like wasps and it's like what are you doing who are these people i would and, have liked for jedediah to be the one to break if we want to sure. talk about who jedediah is he's the one who would have been like i just love you so much i'm so sad that we're not making this happen you know what i mean like yeah. that's what i expect from the character we've already met. It was, there was a really interesting moment where I, Rian, I, it's such a weird name, um, yeah. where she's like, you know, you, you guys can get through anything. And she's like, I didn't, marriage isn't something you have to get through. And I was just like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, let's have these people who are ending their marriage have an honest conversation about like, hey, it's not all roses and butterflies. Like, Shit gets real. Mm -hmm. What I'll say is um, I like the potential of this storyline. I just kind of wish that we had earned wherever we've gone. And I wish that we had even stayed true. Again, to me, it's more of a... It's more true to the characters that we've known yeah. for Jedediah to be the more emotional one. We've never met Rian. So if she was like this steadfast, almost... Uh, waspy person that would actually give us a lot to play off of and I just and it would have stayed true to 
the type of people who raise Topanga, the Topanga we yeah. come to know and love. But again, um, this is a Topanga for season six. This is not season one Topanga, and they seem to be two completely different characters. They're very, very different. Um, yep. Even even her parents. Okay, so to that point, I do want to talk about Eric now because yes. the Eric storyline gives me a lot of. All right, I get like I was trying to figure out how to organize this section because mm-hmm. it's so many things that come from it. But what I'll do is we'll just talk about Eric and his relationships. This is called State of the Unions. So let's talk about Eric and his relationships with everyone else. We'll go Eric and Sean, Eric, Jack, and Rachel, and then Eric and Feeney. Sure, sure. Uh- uh, I love that Eric and Sean have a scene. Um, they talk about on the pod all the time that like they weren't given very many scenes together because they just constantly made each other laugh. Um, but I, I, separate from like whatever was happening behind the scenes that kept them from having um, connections and communications with each other, as an audience member, it's a little weird. I know that they're playing it meta, like, haha, isn't it funny that like we live together and we didn't talk and it's just like, no, that's actually like, Sean's basically your little brother, bro. Like, why... Why are you season six now all of a sudden being like, let's talk? Like, I get that it's funny, but it also just kind of doesn't make sense for them not to have any relationship when they were roommates. I liked that little bit of like, oh, we haven't spoken. We haven't had a one on one conversation in the last six years. Uh, even when we lived together. Yeah. When was that? That was literally last year. It, that like mm-hmm. little bit of meta actually worked for me. But what I find interesting is. I like Sean. I like that Sean was like, hey, do you need to talk? I like I liked that Sean, who's we we've seen and it is earned, he's more sensitive, he's more aware, um, he's more in touch with his emotions. So this idea that he would see Eric struggling and be like, hey man, you seem to need to talk. I really loved that. It felt I love completely that. earned. And Finally, someone looked at Eric and was like, hey, you don't seem okay. Definitely. (laughs) I was like, so many of his peers and his family have just been like ignoring that he's been steadily getting, I would say, I mean, like, it seems as though he's getting more depressed as the season goes on. And so for Sean to find, well, Eric's like, well, he like missed a shot in pool. He was like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm a loser anyway. And it's just like, bro, like, like, I'm so glad that he was just like, are you okay? Like, do you want to talk? Like, we can chat. Like, and this is actually my favorite part of the entire episode is their storyline. Because, you know, in terms of bromances, in terms of just like male friendships and male bonding, like, just for a man to look at another man and be like, hey, I see that you're struggling. Let's actually sit down and have a communication about this. Like, I'm struggling. I'll be vulnerable with you. And like, we can have this conversation. And even Eric, who seems a little bit hesitant to be as vulnerable as Sean, is appreciative of that vulnerability. So I just thought that was an amazing dynamic. It is. And I, I want to note, especially since we've gotten to know them a little bit more, this felt so Ryder and Will. Like, it 100%. felt wider, yeah. Ryder and Will through and through like it felt like a situation they would have found themselves in it felt like they were talking in the way that they talked to each other yeah like it was just so amazing to see i'm like oh this is like purely Ryder and will's relationship uh and it's great that to like see this come across because it does make sense for as you said sean who is essentially eric's adoptive brother yeah for them to have like this one-on-one time in a way that i wouldn't even expect sean to have with jack like it actually does make sense you know i really love that sean 
um, talked about his experiences on the road, his like healing journey and what he was able to learn from it. I, I Every time he mentions it, I really wish it was something we were shown. I wish that like in one episode, we were just cut to the scene of him in the back of the trailer, looking up at the stars, like just a wide shot, like something. Um, but the fact that he is like using his experience and his growth to try to help his friend. Um, and I love that Sean is finally the first person to be like, bro, do you even like her or did you just like the competition? And like, finally, finally, we've been saying this all season. Like, finally. I place that I was going with this conversation, which is the idea that Eric is just like, I just loved her so much. And Sean's like, what did you love about her? Tell yeah. me, tell me what it is about her. Describe what it is that she does for you. What do you guys have in common? And you, all you can say is that she's pretty. And I you, like the fact Sean that Sean's like, advocating. Yeah, he's advocating for treating women like people. It's like such a strange thing on the show. To, but again, just be like, do you like her? Like her? <laughs> it's it, to me. It's just it's so writer. I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Other it, like, is, it, it, it is. felt such like a writer moment. A writer being like, do you even know her enough to say that you like her this much? And also this idea for Sean to acknowledge Jack's journey and be like, oh, you mean when Jack's dad died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like when he was going through all of that and for Eric to play it off and be like, oh, you know, he used that as like an in, but it's like, no, he was dealing with stuff as well. I'm just saying all of our theories earlier of like Jack and Rachel getting together more so out of grief um, for Eric to be more obsessed with the competition with Jack yes. than he is with actually getting Rachel. Um, it's it's very interesting to me. And I enjoyed it. I, I loved this scene. I don't know how to say it. I just loved this scene. It felt so earned in everything else that we were doing. You know, we're at, um, you know, May 2023 at this point. Um, the... Pod Meets World is doing season two. And I couldn't help but see comparisons between this episode and episode 202, which is pairing off. That's the episode in which Corey doesn't know the girl's name. And Eric's just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just find a girl. Just say hello. Like, and at the end of that episode, the parents sit down and they have basically the conversation that Sean has with Eric in this episode, which is like, you have to know more than her name. You have to like know this person. Like, what do you actually like about them? It's just, again, not a bad lesson, but it feels like a lesson that has been taught to Eric previously. All right. So to that point, I want to talk about Eric, Jack, and Rachel. Yeah. Because how do you feel about Eric showing up to Jack and Rachel's? Because to me, it felt very much underhanded. Like, it felt like I'm coming to apologize. But I'm actually here to stir up some shit. Like, I realize that I don't know anything about Rachel, and chances are Jack doesn't either. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it felt like to me. I could totally see that because of the way that the conversation played out. But I feel like it has more to do with the fact that Jack stepped into, like, Eric's competition, like, thing, being like, yeah, the competition was so fun. Like, at, if he had responded differently, if he had been like, you know what, that was a real motivation for me at the beginning, but I've really come to, like, love and appreciate Rachel, he didn't. It, because he hasn't. Because well, he don't know her. Well, I, what I'm saying is, I feel like Eric kind of went there to be like, hey, you know how little you know about each other? <laughs> hey, remember yeah, how I this started that, off yeah. as like kind of like a bet? And you and I just 
we more so just wanted to win. You remember that? Yeah. Hey, Rachel, do you remember how little you know about Jack? Like, do you remember that? It was like, anyway, peace. Like, peace, that's what yeah. like to me. <laughs> no, yeah, that is that is true. Like, I wonder if there was a... It, 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 the thing is, is that story-wise, it wouldn't make sense for that to be his motivation. But to your point, I it kind of... Uh, I, I feel like he's... I feel like... Here's the thing. I'm not saying that this was actually what was written on the page. I'm saying story-wise, it does kind of make sense for him because... Oh, also something that we haven't kind of quite said, but I, Will has talked about there was a potential spinoff. Yes, I want to talk about that. And yeah. this felt like, oh, this is what he's talking about. This is yeah. the moment that they are setting up for Eric to move to Los Angeles and start his own thing. I thought that and same thing. Yeah, huge part of me was like, it actually would make sense for him to get like a little dig in because he's been hurting this entire time from their relationship. So for him to kind of like not say he didn't say goodbye to them. Yeah. For him to just kind of be like, hey, I'm gonna drop some truths and let's see if your relationship can survive this. I'm out. You're like, it's a it's a little vindictive. And it's vindictive in a way that like I'm not approving, but it would make story sense. You know what I'm saying? I guess part of me was hoping that his intentions were pure enough in the point where he truly did want to apologize for treating rachel like a prize to be won that he truly did want to like give them their blessing and that he had a a sigh of relief that was genuine for him doing that i i would like to believe that but all of your points are still accurate i was gonna say like <laughs> does he really apologize for treating her like an object or does he just acknowledge that he did you know like he said that is very true he says, you have my blessing but we didn't need your blessing like that's the thing that i'm talking about it's like it's Kind of like this hubris of being like, you know what? You guys do you. I'm happy that you have each other. Like, that's kind of like, I, I'm not saying, because we're going to get a bunch of people who are being like, Eric was sincere. And he went, and I was like, no, sure, whatever. The writing's not good enough for me to say that he, he was. I'm saying that there's enough space for me to argue that it was vindictive. It came off as like a power move to do right before you leave the scene. I wonder if it would have felt better if Jack and Rachel had met Eric at the student union versus Eric just showing up at their place unannounced. Like, I, I wonder if that would have made a bigger difference in making his actions feel more sincere. Because, I mean, the, 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 what you're getting at is the fact that Eric brings up all of this, like, hey, I... I treated Rachel in a way that was not out of pure love. Like I treated her like a prize to be won, an object. And now Jack is like, yeah, I did the same. I did the same. And so when he leaves, Rachel and Jack are just left to be like, well, what even is this now? And that is, that is, well, hey, can I point out one thing too about this? When Sean and Eric are talking, he's like, it's not fair. Like your dad died and he used it as a way to like get her in with grieving. He's not actually wrong because what he's touching on is the fact that like this grief played a major part in their relationship getting together. And although he kind of says it in a way that's kind of insensitive, he is bringing up a true point about how the role of grief and what that did to motivate Jack and Rachel. They even consider this relationship at all. I know you don't watch Gossip Girl, but there's a character in Gossip Girl called uh georgina and she's just like chaos personified love her love her character but she'll do stuff like this well she'll just come in and she'll just be like oh truth bomb truth bomb truth bomb 
how mad can you be? Georgina is right. Like, did she yeah. come in here to stir up some shit? Absolutely. But you have to think about what she said because she's not wrong. And yeah. that's kind of what I feel. It felt very mean girlish for him to come to their place, drop all these truths, kind of get Jack to be like, yeah, I did participate. Remember when we got like, just come in and get excited for what she would look like and what she would wear. And we just kind of like objectified her as a person. Uh, Rachel was like, should I go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, 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 you can stay for this. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, you have my blessing. Enjoy. Bye. Like, yeah. like that's, it felt messy, but like in a way that feels right for someone who had been hurt to behave. Yeah, there's still a little bit of pain there that's kind of fueling some of those remarks for sure, for sure. Um, I'm more so interested in the way Eric is talking with Feeny. That's because where I'm going next. this this really is the thing that was that led me to think, oh, this is the spinoff moment. And it's interesting on the podcast they were like they they said that they were planning it like season three or uh, four or five, but it seems like it's it's clear here that like. He was about to say goodbye to Feeney. He was like doing that thing that Sean did when he was about to leave for his road trip and to Topanga. He's like, bye. I have to say goodbye to Topanga. It just felt like that. And it's interesting that Eric grouped Feeney in with all of these people that he's losing. Like, I love that. He, he him getting that. married to the Dean, like was like, oh, he didn't do anything. Like he didn't, it wasn't Jack and Rachel where like, there's like clearly awkwardness and tension. It's like, there's no reason like you and the Dean and, and Feeney have been having pleasant conversations together. And it just, it seems, I understand his fear. Like things are going to change. You can't just show up to Feeney's house unannounced, but I don't feel like it was a, uh, I, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. Well, no, I, here's the thing. I think him mentioning I'm losing Feeney to the Dean is actually his way of saying I'm respecting Feeney's new life. Mm. Um, so Feeney and the Dean, my parents have a new child. My brother's getting married. My roommates are together. I lost Tommy. I literally have no one who is for me. I haven't built other friendships outside of these friend groups. I haven't excelled at school in the way that I should have. And I don't have a job or a career to fall back on. I have nothing of my own. And the even the little things that I did have that would get me through, such as conversations with Feenies or romps with Jack or even like being the older brother, I don't mm. have those things anymore. So there's nowhere for me here. Oh, man, I would have loved it if this was the episode that pivoted to make Sean and Eric uh, a friendship. Like, if that's the, the what came from this was Sean being like, hey, everything you're going through, you feeling like you've lost everything. Like, I relate to you more than I relate to Corey at this point. Corey is constantly busy with Topanga. You're worried about people you not having people because they're in relationships. Like, me and you need to hang out more. And they hint at that in this episode, like, oh, we should talk more. But in season seven, you'll see that that doesn't really play out. And so I just felt like it would have been a perfect opportunity because everything you're saying about Eric, I'm just like, Sean gets this more than anyone. Sean has gone through literally all of this. Which is why I loved the Sean and Eric moment. Yeah. But to me, they at this point in time, to just kind of like stay where they're at, they are thinking about writing off Eric. So mm. 
it makes sense to me that you're right in the sense that Sean and Eric have all of these things in common and Sean understands. But I like the idea of it being too little too late. It being mm. like Sean being like, oh, hey, I see you. And Eric being like, I've already packed my car and nobody knows. You know what I mean? He, totally. But you know, here's my argument. And it's more so the fact that they didn't move forward with the spinoff and that Eric did stay through season seven and they didn't develop this more. Well, and... I don't know that yet because I haven't seen season seven. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Quarter in the jar. I went forward. Um, no, that's that's totally true. Um... <laughs> I'm just, I'm reading the show where it's at. Um, sure. But, but to, to your point, um, I will say that we have such potential with all of these storylines. And one of the things that we have been saying continuously is the potential to be great television is all there. And Boy Meets World reputation Boy Meets World's reputation with taking us there has kind of been lost this season. And for yeah. this to be the season yeah. finale, it really does ask you to go on this journey of Topanga and Corey are concerned about their uh, relationship. Topanga's only example of uh, a long-lasting relationship is being challenged. Eric feels like he's nobody. And guess what? We have a wedding to bring us all together. All of that is right there. Sean and Angela are hinting and playfully flirting. And we never quite go the distance. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, there's a, and to keep referencing Pod Meets World, they had someone on who was talking about they would hide lop, a little lobster in the sets. Did you and, notice it? And when Sean and uh, Angela are holding hands in Feeney's wedding, you can see in the flower arrangements that there's a lobster hitting within the flower arrangements. And oh, I really need to cool. go look because I've been thinking about playing the game of Find the Lobster. Yeah. Uh, because I knew, I found like, the lobster. <laughs> that's so great. I love it. I love it. Um, and okay, so to that point, why is this wedding in the living room? We have a backyard, <laughs> oh. a side yard. <laughs> I I assumed that they were just like, what's the cheapest way we can do this? No, I know why it is for television. Yeah, but whenever yeah, yeah. television does things like this, where they're like, let's have a wedding in the one set that we clearly have. Like, I've just been watching Charmed. And again, we have a wedding in the living room. And I'm like, how many people are getting married in their living room? Especially in locations where we know there's a backyard. Beanie has a yard. What are we doing? <laughs> totally. Uh, it, it almost felt like there would be more room and more like maybe at the student union or like somewhere else. Like the Matthews living room seems like a place. Like I wouldn't look at that living room and be like, oh, we could shove. 30 to 50 people in here. It's like, what? How? This I just, place looks I, pretty small. I just want to point out again, it's television. We do this all the time in TV. People get married in living rooms. We get married in familiar places. That's not my point. My point is let's cut back on the student union budget a little bit and like let's redecorate the student union uh, balcony where they always look oh, like yeah, a yeah. Like, this should be an outdoor wedding. It is May, we've established, mm -hmm. in the show. It's good weather in Philadelphia. We have more people than we were expecting to show up. We have a backyard. Let's just do a backyard wedding. 
how did you feel about this idea that like Feeny Feeny's story arc is really interesting because they really throw his marriage with the dean in in like such a like it's like a background thing that's happening. Like it's not a main focus. And I'm like, I think George deserves better. Like, I think George deserves to have like a relationship. Cause when they give their vows, I'm like, they have such a sweet and genuine relationship, maybe sweeter than anyone else on the show. And it would have just been nice to just like get into their relationship dynamic a little bit more than for them to just pop in. Hey, we're getting married, pop in at the, at the end. All right, we're getting married now. I would have liked a Feeny moment either this episode or previous episode or at some point in time where we talk about Beanie's first wife. Yes. First, like, I, like, when he was like, I've been looking for love, secretly looking for love my entire life, I was like, but you've been married before. And we know that you're a widower. So I would have liked for him, for Feeney to have a moment with Alan or Corey, who's newly engaged, or Sean, who's uh, unsure about Angela, or Topanga, whose parents have just broken up, or Eric, who doesn't know his place in the world. I would have liked for Feeney to have a moment with anyone, even Amy, as a supportive neighbor, and talk about his previous marriage yeah. and why you can have more than one love in your life um, and how excited he is. You're or... right. Like Feeney would be the perfect person to talk to Topanga about how you can find love again or just like what happens after marriage. Like he could have made that situation so much easier for her to understand. Or she could have even just like looked at Feeney during the wedding and maybe gotten some inspiration. It could have been unspoken. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm just saying. Like to your point, the Feeney storyline, I was like, you, I feel, I feel played a little bit because mm. you used my love for the character of Feeney and my love of Bill Daniels to make this moment sweet. And you didn't actually earn this moment, but I am mm -hmm. happy that I have this moment. Can I ask you a question? Would this episode make sense to you if Be True was removed from the season? No, not at all. So my argument that that episode was thrown in last minute to set up this wedding i feel like stands absolutely no absolutely and i agree with you when i watched this i was like again it was called state of the unions i completely misremembered this season i thought Corey and topanga's wedding was the season finale of this season and that would kind of make sense but the idea that feeny is the one who's getting married yeah. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> like and a few episodes when? ago, a few episodes ago, I was like, oh, they're not building up to a wedding. And you're like, yeah, they are. And I was like, bro, you don't know. <laughs> they're not building up to Corey and wedding. <laughs> not this season. Well, but again, <laughs> even then, it's like, where is Bill's bachelor party? You know? Yeah. Eric but, didn't think to do something for Feeney for his wedding. Like, come Eric on, bro. Eric absolutely think to do something for his wedding. Again, Eric's the best only, man. If only as a distraction. Yeah. And his so, last hurrah with Feeney before he says goodbye to him. Like, we shove, again, we shove this all into what, make this a two-parter. Like, make this a, like, like why last week couldn't have. Uh, why, yeah. why did we need last week's episode when we have so much meat on this bone? And as you said, a two-parter for sure. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like I've done everything I, I wanted to say about this episode. How about you? Anything else? Yeah, I just, you know, overall, I just felt like it was kind of a 
bummer finale for a bummer season. And and in terms of structure, I want to just talk about a season structure for a second because I feel like in terms of how a season finale is successful is really the like five episodes that lead up to the season finale. Like you could like there should be something that ramps up, right? That's why the whole idea of May sweeps or sweeps month came about. It was like we're putting our best episodes to attract as many viewers as possible because we're leading up to the finale. And I feel like this show just dropped the ball so much on like building up to the finale and making this finale significant. It all just feels like they were kind of scrambling for ideas and didn't really have a clear path of what was going to happen. Even when like on Pod Meets World, they'll talk about like, you know, it's first of all, it's, it was a different era of television where people would watch an episode like one out of every four episodes. The average viewer would watch is what they were saying. So they were like, we have to make it structured so anyone can jump in. That's fine. But you have build up for all of these other storylines. You have build up with Sean. You have build up with Eric. So why can't we do the same for Feeney and Topanga and these other characters? Especially considering that there's so much that and then also this would be a great season to end with Corey realizing, as Jedediah said, it's not, this has nothing to do with you. Like, for once, boy, like, you guys are always like, it's boy meets world. Well, part of boy meeting world is realizing that the world does not revolve around you. And it would have been great had this entire season been a buildup of Corey to constantly being like, hey, I'm inserting myself into the narrative. I'm inserting myself into the narrative. And for the season finale to be sincerely this has nothing to do with you mm. would have been a great moment of being like, Oh, other people has, pro other people have problems and storylines and things going on that I will not have any involvement in. And I have to learn that lesson too. Like I would have loved to have that been like the whole, and in fact, I could excuse Corey's behavior this season. If I was going to say that, that I, I don't know that I see an arc for Corey whatsoever this season. Sean and Eric clearly have arcs that I'm just like, from the beginning to the end, I can see it. And I'm like, what is Corey's arc this season? It was, at first, I am i don't understand college, and I need help. Feeney, help me get the classes that I need. And I'm struggling. I punched this teacher. Like, navigating actual college. And then it just turned into relationship just bullshit it turned into him creating problems where he didn't need to him really disrespecting topanga left and right and for what for what ending for this for him to cancel a venue that she was excited about like what is the arc of this main central character of this show that seems like a conversation for our season six recap <laughs> <laughs> so we will hold that conversation okay uh but i will say this Hell of a freshman year. <laughs> right. Yeah. This freshman year, absolutely. One for the books. Do you have a bra moment for this episode? I mean, it's not really a bra moment, but I, I did think it was a little cold when Eric was just like, are you talking about your dead dad, Sean? <laughs> well, I like that Sean responded with, you're, you're such a sensitive guy. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was But yeah, amazing. there wasn't really like a ton of just like things that, were like inappropriate or things that didn't age well. The thing that I just really had a main problem with was Topanga's parents and how those characters were treated, how they were written, how they came in as a central motivation for a character that never mentions her parents. It just feels it just feels thrown in and sloppy and lazy. Uh, yeah, exactly. With you, I'm like, 
that's my bruh moment would be the fact that Jedediah and Rian are so different than expected. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then I do have a like a, what I would call a bruh blip, which again is just the idea that Feeny is having a wedding inside this living room when we have oh, a yeah. backyard right literally on the other side of those doors. Totally. Oh, another kind of bruh thing that I thought of was Jedediah just being like, yeah, it was back in the day where like a woman wouldn't question her husband in front of company or something like that. And I was yeah, just like, yeah. Well, they were talking about <laughs> Ali McBeal in a very weird way, in yeah. a way that it made it very clear he has never seen Ali McBeal. <laughs> yeah, and it just seemed like anti-women and just the way that he was just generally talking. I the one thing I want to give Jebediah, the one credit I want to give to him. He is right. There has never been a better show on television since <laughs> ALF. With the exception of the Boy Beats World, ALF is classic quality television, and I encourage everyone to rewatch. Uh, I'm going to ignore that and just <laughs> move on to the Feeny lesson. Okay. Well, what is your Feeny lesson? My Feeny lesson. Do you have one? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm truly thinking like I couldn't think of one earlier, and I don't really know what the lesson of this episode is, other than to like have open communication. Like, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I don't. I'm. I, I ask because I don't have one. I don't know if I can. Like from all of the storylines, I don't yeah. really know if there is a lesson. The one, like the one grain that I can find is. Um, Sean talking to Eric and being like, Same. hey, how much do you really know about this person? How much of this, all of your feelings are based in reality? Like, that is the one kind of, like, crumb I can take away, but everything else, like, just doesn't really have a lesson or even a direction. I, I love what Sean says uh, to Eric about just like feeling like you're just so small and that, you know, his main, main motivation came from when he realized that being around the people he loved is what matters the most to him. But that's not really a lesson for the episode. That's Sean capping off his arc, season arc. Yeah, it doesn't really speak for what the other characters are going through. I mean, if anything, it just talks about how like like how marriages and relationships, they're just complicated, like relationships yeah. and marriages are complicated. You have Alan and Amy, you have. Feeney and the Dean, you have uh, Topanga's parents, and they're all at different points in their relationship. You see how Rachel and Jack's relationship affects Eric and is affecting themselves. You have Sean and Angela and kind of like this weird relationship. It just feels like relationships are up in the air right now. Like relationships are undefined. Uh, I think that's you're, what you're saying is we got to check in on the different states of each union. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's, exactly that's where the title came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what grade are you giving this? C. C. Solid C. Solid, solid C. C. A solid C for the fact that, like, I'm glad that we're finally addressing a lot of the um, central uh, conflicts that these characters have had this season. But seeing the fact that it took to the season finale for them to actually get to it. See in the sense that this is supposed to be a season finale. This is supposed to be a, a, a major moment that we look forward to as an audience. And it just did not deliver. And it left me on such a like bummer, sour note, which is so reflective of how I felt for this entire season. Uh, homework. More homework here. Oh, wait, wait. I didn't give mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. Give you which was yeah. C. I just, so we know. Yeah. So we're clear. It's C. Uh, homework. What homework do you have? 
Um, I encourage everyone to watch Alf on Hulu. <laughs> um, Ask if that was your homework. Are you I'm say not Alf? even fucking joking when I say that Alf was the first television show I ever got excited about as a kid. That was like the show that I was like, when I first started watching television, I was like, oh, this is funny. This is because it, it, it was. A, I had a an Alf doll. Yeah, we all had Alf dolls. Like, even if you didn't watch the show, like, I don't know them watching mentioning it. I was just like, damn, I I loved that show. <laughs> and I don't know how well it's aged. And I'm sure it's probably really poor. But like, it made me be like, reflect on my love for the show and how just interesting it was and how obsessed with it. It was my first entry into primetime television. So if you have an that, ALF rewatch podcast, hit us up. Oh my <laughs> God, please let us get on that ALF rewatch. <laughs> for those who are too young to understand what I'm talking about, ALF is a alien that lands on earth and is taken in by a white family in California. And it's just about them just having like this comedic ET scenario of like yeah. this. Cause he's not just an alien. He's like a wisecracking comedian. Like yeah, he just, exactly. he's like Andrew Dice Clay as ET. Like, I don't know. It's very interesting. That's a, uh, I, I, I've been trying to sit here and thinking of different podcast names for an alf rewatch show Ooh. Ooh, so if you could think of one like hit us up because i've been trying to like spitball go i was just gonna say that here are things i will never forget alf has four stomachs and he's from a planet called melmac and they eat cats like burgers <laughs> yeah these yeah, are yeah, things yeah. that i absorbed <laughs> as children that i think about till this day when i see a cat sometimes i just think about alf in the back of my head and it's really interesting that's that's hilarious um, my homework. I already told you I was gonna gush about this. Yeah, you did. I've been excited to talk about this. Fast X or the tenth episode, the tenth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise, which became, if we're talking season finales, it was supposed to be the series finale of the Fast and Furious franchise that they have now broken into three movies. And I gotta tell you, I watched it and I was like, I deserve three of these. I wow. absolutely enjoy the like you have to go into Fast and Furious. Just like my husband was like, oh, so I just turned my brain off. And I was like, yep, that's the best way to enjoy this movie. Yes. And so much fun, so much nonsense, no physics. Uh, but <laughs> the stakes have never been higher. Every actor knows what movie they're in. And one of the reasons why I keep championing this movie is because Jason Momoa is in this movie. Yeah. And he plays the villain, but he does so in a way where you're like, you were having the time of your life. And I looked at an interview and he was like, this may have been the funnest role I've ever had. I was like, wow. it shows. Because he takes it to a 12. He understands. He Nick Cages it. He Nick Cages it in the best way. And you're like, yes. I need you to do this in everything that you're doing. He is having so much fun. I'm having so much fun. Everything that he does, I don't want to have any spoilers, but there's just so much camp happening in this role. I'm like, I need everyone to see it. I need more people to understand the joy that is Jason Momoa in this character. Uh, so, yeah, go watch You have that. sold me on this. Right. Like, not I've watched every Fast and the Furious movie. I'm not one of those people who write it off, because like you, I love bad movies and these are just like the best bad oh, movies absolutely. i go into it with the same expectation you would a sharknado movie just like yeah. this is just for popcorn and entertainment yeah. yeah um i still kind of like pinch myself at the idea that like <laughs> in 2000 
Vin Diesel came out with a movie about people stealing combination TV VCRs, and we are 10 movies later, and they are superheroes. By the way, they are they completely <laughs> acknowledge all of this. And that's really? what, that's what I'm saying. It's it's such a self-aware movie, but it's self-aware in ways like the villain is very self-aware of like, oh, I'm a villain in a Fast and Furious franchise. Ooh. The actors that they bring, like casting, they cast people where I was like, there are new characters where I'm like, yes, why have you not been in a Fast and Furious movie? This is where you belong. And yeah. so I was so hyped with that. The women that they brought in, I was like, yep, you you are a Fast and Furious female character that's the type of person that we expect to get outside of michelle rodriguez and that's the type of so you have the type of storyline that i expect so all of it is just it's so self-aware it knows what it wants to be it also knows the limitations of vin diesel and again <laughs> i just love that i love i don't want to spoil anything but i just want to say that every single storyline knows what it was supposed to be and executes it in the way that you would want a Fast and Furious movie to do so. All right. Well, I'm excited. All right. So if you get as hyped as we did uh, <laughs> or as I did for Fast and Furious uh, for Boy Meets World, make sure that you reach out to us at Bro Meets World at all of the places. Make sure that you listen to our podcast in the place that you are listening to podcasts in the place that you like to enjoy podcasts. Um, T, anything else? No, like definitely, guys, uh, give us your thoughts on this specific episode. How do you feel like the finale concluded? Are you satisfied with Corey and Topanga's arc? How do you feel about Feeney's wedding? Like, give us all of your thoughts. And don't forget to give us your questions for our season six recap, which is going to be coming next week. Um, outside of that, you guys, make sure to continue to dream. Try. And do good. Hey, do some damn good, y'all. Later, bruds. Later. You can just hang up now. <laughs> <laughs> when the spawn meets world.